you when you need to know what's happening, it's 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 time to get in the huddle with Carl Duke, Brian Baldinger, and Jason Lacanfora. Welcome to the In the Huddle podcast. Uh, we are a three-person rotating core here at In the Huddle, and as we embark on the start of actual NFL free agency and the waning hours of legal tampering or whatever you want to call it. It will be me, Jason Lockenfora, and as always, Baldy, Brian Baldinger, as well. Carl Dukes will be back on Thursday. And Baldy, it's already wild and wooly, even though the league year hasn't officially, officially begun yet. We've got a first wave of activity that we want to go through. The teams that were big players, the big players that are off the board, who's still out there. But we've got to start with the quarterbacks. There's still some major quarterback elephants in the room, Baldy. And as we Record this. Aaron Rodgers is still leaving the Packers and Jets in limbo. It's clear the Packers don't want him back. They want to play Jordan Love. It's clear that outside of the Jets, there's really nobody else who seems to be willing to pay Aaron Rodgers $60 million for one year, which is essentially pay-as-you-go, how that contract works. They are trying, the Jets, to recruit Alan Lazard and perhaps some of of other uh, guys who have ties to Aaron Rodgers. But I just don't know, Baldy. I don't know that this is the solution. I don't know that they're not going to be right back here a year from now, the Jets looking for another quarterback. And I don't know how much Aaron Rodgers really has left in the tank. Where where are you? And I'm just – I'm worn out by the whole damn thing, to be honest with you. Where are you? Well, um, I, I, I honestly believe there's only one landing spot for Aaron. And so uh, – and that's the New York Jets. And so then it becomes – does Aaron want to play and pack up and move to, uh, you know, Florham Park, New Jersey, or some yeah. vicinity of Florham Park, you know, for whatever part of the offseason he's willing to give him and a season and possibly another one. We saw this literally play out verbatim in 2008 with Brett Favre. It's, it's, it's eerily similar, yeah. Jason, to the situation with Brett Favre. Uh, I almost – like identical. So I, I believe like it's, the decision is really Aaron Rodgers to keep playing or to play with the New York Jets because there doesn't look to be another option. And so I don't know what's holding. There's a lot of things holding it up, Jason. I mean, there's compensation. There's a contract. Yeah. Um, there's probably offseason stipulations. I mean, I can't imagine Joe Douglas and Robert Sala and Woody Johnson being thrilled to get so thrilled to get Aaron Rodgers. That he's like, look, I need my time off. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll come back for OTAs. Like Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, you know, Elijah Moore, uh, you know, Sauce, they need Aaron Rodgers there is a lot. Yeah. This yeah. They, they got to interact with him. They got to know what he's like. They got to know his, you know, 18 years in his business, audibles, checks, like nonverbal communication, all the things that you see him attempt to do with young receivers <clears throat> that takes time. And you, you know, you, you, you've got to hit the field running uh, Labor Day weekend. And so there's still a lot to be worked out. But I thought from the very beginning, Jason, that when they signed Nathaniel Hackett after interviewing mm-hmm. tons of different coordinators uh, and letting, you know, uh, you know, and, and making that change to that position, that it was all in an effort to recruit Aaron Rodgers. Sure. I guess the thing is, though, it's not like Hackett's been there five years, Baldy, and everybody else already knows that offense, too. Right. And, you know, people want to compare Aaron Rodgers to Tom Brady. The, the Tom Brady got in trouble at the homestead, right, because he couldn't – he never turned the football meter off. 
Yeah. He'd shut it down for five days, and then he's back with Alex Guerrero, and then he's out throwing yeah. with Tom House, and it's kinesiology. You know what I mean? Like, Aaron Rodgers, that ain't Aaron Rodgers. Like, he yeah. wants to hang out in caves and talk to bats and whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I I, I just – none of this feels – like, if I'm – I, I, the Jet, Jets fans seem to be over the moon about this, and I'm just trying to temper people's expectations because this does not give me warm and fuzzy vibes. This feels like an arranged marriage – for one year, so he can get what's left guaranteed on the contract, so they can sell some jerseys and sell some hope, false hope. And then, then, then nine months from now, we're talking about who's the next quarterback of the Jets. Well, I, on another podcast, Jason, you know, on the day that you weren't on, <clears throat> I said it wasn't a good fit. From the beginning, I said it wasn't a good fit because of the arranged marriage, which it looks like right now, if it happens, the short term. Yep. that they're going to get Aaron Rodgers for doesn't help Garrett Wilson going forward. They, they still need a quarterback. Now, maybe somehow um, somehow they can resurrect the quarterback situation they had, and Mike White just is going to sign with the Miami Dolphins. He's not, you know, the panacea that he has been two years in a row for a game or two, um, you know, when he has replaced Zach Wilson. They're still in the quarterback market, and so – I just don't – I didn't think from the beginning it was a good deal, but then once they sort of weren't able to get Derek Carr and yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo looks like he's all in on yeah. Las Vegas, Las Vegas looks like he's on – like the carousel and Sam Darnold's gone, you know, like all these yeah. guys have signed, and where's that leave the Jets? I mean, the Jets, if they end up with just Zach Wilson and whoever they might sign as a – stop, you know, some low-end free agent right now, whatever it might be, uh, or 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 draft a guy, um, the, the Jets are just going to go. What are we like? How do we get here? Well, and to to that point, that brings us to a natural transition to the other quarterback elephant in the room, the Lamar Jackson situation. If I'm advising Woody Johnson, I'm telling the owner of the Jets, I'm telling him right now, Woody, here's what we're going to do. Okay, Wednesday we can officially start meeting with Lamar Jackson. We're going to call uh, Rogers' buddies over there at Athletes First. We're going to tell them, hey, we're, we're flying to South Florida today. We want to get first dibs at Lamar Jackson. We're going to gas up the plane. We're leaving here at noon. We're going to land three hours later. If when we land, your guy hasn't agreed to whatever Joe Douglas wants him to agree to, we're off of him. You have no market. Have fun making $60 million backing up Jordan Love in Green Bay, brother, because that's what you're looking at, right? Like, I, I, I don't – why would the Jets not – just pivot. Yeah. Like, why would, right. you, why would you not pivot to the 26-year-old who's still ascending? Who could be there for six years and give you clarity? Yeah. No, look. I, I, if you're willing to pay Rodgers 60 for one, you're not willing to pay Lamar 50 a year for five? No. I mean, it makes perfect sense, Jason. And, you know, uh, I think that long-term, it's a better situation than a short-term with Aaron Rodgers. Because, you know, you got a guy that – is definitely is going to win you game. You're going to be in the playoffs. Lamar comes down. You're going to be in the playoffs. Yeah. And that style of football where you're going to run it and pound it and, um, you know, and put together whatever offense line you can, Makai gets back and Oliver Tucker and, you know, whatever you, you put that together, they draft a guy uh, and there's some good tackles in this draft. You go get somebody else. Like, I mean, you're ready to rock and roll and maybe compete for a division and not just this year, but going forward. And so uh, I'm with you, Jason. Like th this thing would be – it could turn out to be – plan B could be better than plan A. Yeah. I mean, I, I think at a certain point they have to take control of the situation and force the issue because Aaron Rodgers is used to 
stringing out Green Bay as long as he wants, you know what I mean? And just getting away with whatever he wants. And I get it. He, he's done a lot of things there. He's never thrown a pass for the New York Jets. So I'm not letting them walk all over me the way he walks all over Mark Murphy and Goody. I was going to say, Mark Murphy basically made the announcement, you know, last week that he's free to go out there and negotiate. I mean, they want to move on. Oh, I mean, they're, they're in a situation just like they were basically 18 years ago when they wanted to move on for Brett Favre. We've got Aaron Rodgers sitting here for three years, played a little bit, you know, and we're ready to go. Like, you know, they're, they're about stability at that position. Whether Jordan Love is the guy or not, they're about stability and have been at that position for the better part of three decades. And so, you know, they're, they're a, an organization that because the way they're structured, um, they, 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 they have a plan. Their plan when play started three years ago. Yeah. Didn't make anybody, you know, it didn't make quarterback happy, but no. that plan started three years ago. No, and they and they have to play that young man. The other team that I think should have their team playing already down there, and well, there's there's at least six teams that should be in on at least discussing Lamar Jackson, at least want an audience with them to see where what's where his head is and and to explore this version of free agency that's available to him, which isn't full blown, but it's close enough. Atlanta. Atlanta, one of the most active teams in the league at the start of the uh, whatever you want to call it, when the guys are being signed but not officially signed. They addressed a lot of tangential positions. But Baldy, man, where they're drafted now, they ain't getting a quarterback. And the best case scenario is they move to three with Arizona to get the third bite at the quarterback apple because one of them's going one and one of them's going two. Like, that's just reality. That's a fact. How could they be looking at that and saying, especially looking at the price that Carolina moved to go to one, saying we're going to have to pay fairly similar freight to that to get a shot at the third quarterback. And we've done all this other stuff to build up our team, but do we really think, do we really think we're competing for a Super Bowl with Desmond Ritter or Taylor Heineke? I, well, come on. Jason, I, I, I did the Atlanta Falcon preseason games five years in a row. I know Arthur Blank very well. I've been in that. I've been in the old, you know, the old dome, the Georgia Dome, and I've been in the Mercedes Benz um, Arena. This, they have never, ever, come close to creating the excitement in any one of those buildings. The day Mike Vick left, that just has never. It it happens uh, a couple Saturdays a, a season when there's an SEC championship yep. game in that building, maybe even a state high school playoff game, but not on Sundays. It hasn't been there. I don't care. Matt Ryan. They show up for the soccer teams. team. Ball. Nobody. They, they show up more for the MLS team in there than they do for the Falcons. You, the, there is a, there is a dearth of buzz in that building. There's one guy in this draft and in this free agency that can fill that building. And it's Lamar Jackson. And don't think for a second, that Arthur Blank doesn't know that. He knows that. And Arthur Blank, look, you build Home Depot. You do all the things that he's done, all the charity, all the social work. There's one thing left for him to do. And that's to walk. And no, there's no other, maybe Jerry Jones. There's no other owner that walks down that field every Sunday to take the temperature of his team in his building like Arthur Blank. And I don't think anything could make him kind of swell bigger than to see Lamar go out there and do what he did in Baltimore five years in a row, and that is win football games and do it in the style that he does. Puts Atlanta Falcons right on the map, and I don't care Derek Carr's in New Orleans. Uh, it's going to be tough 
to the Atlanta's going to be highly, highly competitive. You put him, you put Lamar with Cordero Patterson, Tyler Algier, yes. Drake yes. London, and Kyle Pitts. Yes. As an offense. I don't know Arnold's ain't outscoring that team. No way. Baldy, playing playing most of his game. Like, think about how many weather games Lamar's had to play in Baltimore mm-hmm. and with what he's it's done boring. versus home in a dome on a fast track and at New Orleans as a yeah. fast track. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Carolina, you might deal with a little rate. Like, I, I, I just can't fathom that they wouldn't take advantage of the opportunity to have an audience with Lamar Jackson going into his age 26. So season. the argument that their fans tell me, Jason, is we, we just got out of salary cap hell. We don't want to go into salary cap hell. Well, who cares if you're in salary cap hell? You know, if you've got Lamar Jackson. Right, not having to play weather games like he did in the AFC North. That, I just can't imagine – they wouldn't, Baldy, at least have a private meeting with him. Why would you not just fly down there and meet Lamar and his mom and see how it goes? How do yeah. you not kick the tires on Lamar Jackson? He he wants a contract that Baltimore is not willing to give him. I mean, that's clear, yeah. Jason, okay? So I'm not talking to anybody on either side. You know, Eric DaCosta, you know, I'm not talking to any of Lamar. I mean, it's just from the outside, it's clear that Steve Bashad is not willing to write a guaranteed check to Lamar. I mean, that's what it comes down to. So what is Arthur Blank going to wait for? The development of Desmond Ritter? Like, honestly, like, and it's not to, nobody's knocking Desmond Ritter, but nobody thinks that Desmond Ritter is going to fill seats in Atlanta. No, no matter what he does, it's not, he's not going to put, he's not going to fill that dome. There's one guy that can do it. And the, you know, like I was saying, like this salary cap hell thing, if you got to ah. pay Lamar, forget that. Just forget it. You need that position filled. You need excitement and buzz in that town for that team, because we know it's not a football town. We know it's not a sports right. town. And that's not to knock Atlanta. I mean, the Atlanta can, like, say all that stuff. We we know what that building sounds like and looks like on Sundays. But with Lamar, that is yep. a totally different Sunday experience with the Atlanta Falcons for the next five years, whatever it is. And they're going to win a whole lot of games, and they're going to be in a play. Like, you win that division with Lamar, you're playing home playoff games Absolutely. indoors. Yes. Indoors, you're playing a home playoff game indoors in Atlanta against whoever. Like that's something that you can almost write down and, you know, put it in your notes. They kept Matt Ryan too long. They punted on high end quarterbacks. They settled for the mid round guy last week, last year. He's developmental at this stage. I I don't know. Makes all the sense in the world to me. What do you think of in general, what the Falcons did otherwise um, on Monday when the floodgates started to open up? Well, I mean, you know, they had a, you know, the offense line had to be addressed. They took yeah. care of that, you know, and they spent their money wisely, you know. I mean, they, and they're not. We'll see what other things that they have uh, in mind right now. But I mean, you go through the list of all the names right now, Jason. But um, you know, I think they're looking at a quarterback short. They've been drafting Drake London and Kyle Pitts at the top of the yeah. draft to get elite players. They need somebody that can finish the deal right now. Should be a fun rest of the week. And for everybody freaking out, saying Lamar doesn't have a market, this or that, just remember, because of the category he's in, he his free agency doesn't really start until Wednesday afternoon. So let's well, just I mean, let look, this they, they, they made it clear that they, they weren't going to be able to afford Chris Lindstrom, okay? Now, Chris Lindstrom's a good player. Like, don't tell me he's like a Pro Bowl player, but he got paid right. like one. You know, like, you. but I can go find you a right guard. You don't oh, have yeah. to spend your first round pick on a right guard. I mean, Baltimore does it every year. Like, I could go find you a right guard. 
All right, I could go find one in the third or fourth round. There's, there's a lot of good ones in this draft, you know, if that's what you want to do. But to me, if you're not paying your right guard, okay, top flight money, what, well, okay, uh, and you have money to spend. Like, to me, the quarterback is that's just sit, sitting there. And I, and I stand by it. Lamar Jackson yeah. in Atlanta changes awesome. the franchise. It changes the franchise. I would say – if that happens in 2023, the number one selling jersey in the NFL oh, is no Lamar Jackson Atlanta no Falcons jersey. I saw, like, I still see Mike Fick jersey. Yeah. And yeah. I was there when Mike was there. And I'm not saying Mike was all world there, but Mike was, he sold a lot he of He was jerseys. electric. He was electric. You know, they won the division. They were in the playoffs. They went to an NFC championship game. Like, there was a period there when he was easily one of the top five most exciting players in this league. As the big deals are rolling out Monday, um, Baldy, I don't know if you're like me, but I'm watching San Francisco jump out, and Hargrave's the best defensive tackle available. And they beat teams like Cleveland, right, who've been winning a lot of bidding wars lately for his services. I, I did think a little bit, wait a minute, isn't he older than DeForest Buckner? And, like, didn't they not want to pay DeForest $20 million a year? Three years ago when he was not just younger than Hargrave then, but three years younger himself? Now to have come back and they're not addressing quarterback, right? That's their first move. I was like, hmm, that's interesting. It's one thing to admit defeat. I guess that Kinlaw is not going to be drafted to be, but I found that to be a little odd. Well, there's a great lesson in all this, Jason, in that when you try to replace DeForest Buckner with Javon Kinlaw and you miss, the problem doesn't go away. The, the need doesn't go away. What they wanted Javon Kinlaw to do is what Javon Hargrave does. Yeah. And so they, what, and here's the lesson. The lesson is okay, the problem doesn't go away, but you still have to end up overpaying. Okay. Cause you got Javon Kinlaw on a rookie contract, but he, because of injuries and lack of development, he's not that. But Javon Kinlaw, uh, Javon Hargrave is. And so now you put Javon. Hargraves next to Nick Bosa yeah, with Eric Armstead and whatever else you have yeah. and whatever depth chart you create with an elite um, defensive line coach. Like you go back in and you become, you know, even with the loss of D'Amico Ryans, you go in and you become a top five defense immediately, right away. Like he had 11 sacks in regular season one post, 12 sacks, but not just that. Like he, his interior push, is almost as good as anybody's in this industry. And that's why they paid for it. Yeah. The other one that I found a little interesting, um, and and we'll, we'll go back in a second and, and reassess what they did, what they did on Friday. And I love what the Bears did on Friday, but I'm I'm watching them come jumping out of the chute and they're paying Jermaine Edmonds. And I'm like, wait a minute, you had Roquan Smith, who I get it, it wasn't your there wasn't this GM, it was the prior regime. But Took an off-ball linebacker, eighth overall. He plays his ass off. He wants 20 a year. You don't want to give him 20 a year. He has a hold in. You trade him at the deadline. Baltimore sees him for six weeks and says, we're in salary cap trouble, and we don't have a quarterback, security with the quarterback, but we're going to go ahead and pay Roquan Smith $27 million in the next calendar year because that's how good we think he is. And then the Bears come out in free agency and sign two linebackers. Okoreke. You know, along with uh, Tremaine Edmonds, I guess they have their Lance Briggs and Brian Urlach or whatever, you know, tandem. But it seems bizarre because the position 
it's difficult to give to second contracts. But you had a better player than either one of those guys right there in front of you every day. Yeah. They still don't have a defensive line. Okay. They still don't have pass rushers. I mean, look, Jason, nothing. I've never seen this before. But, you know, uh, Brisker, their rookie safety, led them in, sa- in, in sacks last year with four. Like, I've never seen a safety lead a team in sacks. And so they still don't have a pass rusher. No. They let all this go. And then they overpay for two interior linebackers. And they're good players. They're not yeah. Roquan Smith. Either one of them are. No. Either one of them can run like that. But it, it just seems bizarre that that's what they end up doing. Yeah, I, I can't I can't make it make sense. Like, if you don't want to pay that position, I get it. But you're going to bring two guys out from the outside. You really don't know how they fit. But even if you decide, okay, we're going to pay one. Okay, you're going to pay one, fine. you got to get that position filled. They had a rookie from Wisconsin last year, a pretty good player. But, like, to pay two? Like, nobody's paying two. Nobody. Like, it's, it's, it's like you have to show me that that's a good way to build a team because I haven't well, seen it. Well, and I'll go back. Even the Ravens, who all they do is pay defensive players, and they have, you know, a, a linebacker and – DB fetish, they ain't paying Patrick Queen. They're gonna no. trade Patrick Queen. They're gonna trade right. pay Patrick Queen. They're not gonna let Patrick Queen get to his well, fifth year option because that's Queen too much rookie. money. They, they had Queen, you know, Queen on a rookie contract. Um, but you know, Ray Lewis and you know, pick a guy that you know, yeah, played Edrin Hartwell, Edrin, when you get good, you gotta go. Like, yeah. yeah, Bart Scott, you know, you just, you know, you just pair him with but to pay two interior linebackers, and we know we go to free agents and we overpay them to pay for two of them. It just seems absolutely bizarre to me. Yeah, I don't get it. Uh, you are obviously uh, geographically close to the Eagles and, and have a, always a, a real pulse on <laughs> the Eagles. We knew there were some defections, right? Like the way that thing was set up, you had some guys who were sort of towards the end of their career. They're kind of mercenaries. Are they going to stay? Are they going to go? Are they going to retire? Um, Kelsey returns, which is good news. Otherwise, though, it's been more minuses than pluses, which, again, is somewhat inevitable. I would just couch it with they have incredible draft capital. They've been really good at manipulating that, and I I strongly believe they're going to get the quarterback some. Well, they have to pay the quarterback. Okay, so that's up there. But, you know, Javon Hargrave, um, yeah, last year, not this year, but last year was the best defensive lineman. He's the most valuable, even with Hassan Reddick and what the year that he had. He's the most valuable off uh, defensive lineman they had this year, two years in a row. So last year they decided to bring Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham back. Now they were co- good contributors. Brandon Graham had a very good year, and they paid him again this year for one year. It just seems to me that they haven't prioritized the right guy. And <clears throat> starting last year, like they should have locked up Javon Hargrave long term yeah. last year. They knew that if he had a great year this year, they're going to lose him. Yeah. And so they lost him. And Brandon Graham, great person, great guy, all that stuff. I just think, like, you're hanging on to these guys. Like, you've got to get younger at that position. Yeah. Javon Hargrave is, I don't know, 27 years old. Like, you know, he's not maybe 28. Not a lot older than that. Like, he's right in his prime off his best year ever. Like, they could have prioritized it last year. They might have lost Fletcher and Brandon, but – Look, right. Know, I, I don't know. I I, I, th- I feel like, look, losing T.J. Edwards, uh, I like T.J. Edwards. He was a free agent. They got the most out of him. He's a good player. Probably wouldn't have paid him. 
Like, I know how he's not paying an interior line. He's not draft uh, linebacker. He's right. an off-ball linebacker. They got T.J. Edwards out of Wisconsin, a free agency. Like, you could go – he believes you can find entire linebackers as opposed to Chicago. He's not going to yeah. pay for that position. I get that. Um, they had Gizir White they paid last year. They drafted a rookie out of Georgia is ready to go. They drafted a replacement there. Um, you know, the safety position, they'll find the safety. Marcus Epps, they'll find that. Uh, you know, uh, they lost James Bradbury. They got to go draft a corner, and maybe they do that at yeah. 10. Who knows? Um, this Darius Slay situation, any hunch how that resolves itself? I mean, <laughs> well, I, I know they like Slay, out, right? I mean, I, uh, you know, the, you can you can you afford to lose Slay, Bradbury, and Epps from your secondary? That seems like an awful lot to lose. Uh, and they don't have anybody waiting in the wings, it's not like no. they drafted a guy in the first, second round last year waiting to develop. I, that guy's not there. So it seems to me like they, if they lose Bradbury, which they did, like they, they got to find a way to, to sign Slay. He doesn't want to go. He wants to right. stay there. He loves it there. So it seems like it's a priority. They, you know, they, they lost an offensive lineman that, you know, was seemed like a bizarre, um, you know, pos- position because they never found a position for him. And so, we got to see what they end up doing with that. Well, another team right now that's really scrambling on the back end that didn't reach the Super Bowl this year, came close, did reach it the year before, Cincinnati Bengals. You got, right, the secondary maybe wasn't on paper individually outside of the safeties. You're kind of like, okay, eh. they get a lot of Eli Apple. They lost to Wuzier. Now you got a Wuzier coming off a, a season-ending injury. I know they drafted Dax Hill, but they're going to, you know, lose, lost both their safeties. They got some work to do there. Yeah, they got some work to do. I mean, you lose Von Bell and Jesse Bates. You know, the good thing about those guys is they lined up every day, you know, every down. Over these last two years, the resurgence of Cincinnati, they were the back end of this defense. It was a very good defense. They did a lot with them. They had signed Mike Hilton in free agency two years ago. It was a great signing. He's their slot corner. But and Dax Hill is going to replace one of those safeties in yeah. Von Bell, and so they probably got to go back to the draft, find a second tier safety right now. But you know they've got some work to do in their secondary. Um, it's a great draft for corners, Jason. Uh, yeah. You no, know, I, I I see these draft grades in the top three rounds for corners in this draft. It's as if you just go the top three rounds at that position in this draft, it could be as deep as we've seen. In a long time, so I, I believe they'll, the, you know, they're, they're going to go to the draft to find some of those guys, and then they obviously um, have to get Joe Burrow done. But uh, yeah, I, I, I'll be interested to see what their actual cast spend is next year because it's it's time for for Mike Brown to crank it up a notch. Yeah, I, I like what the Lions did. I, I thought Cam Sutton was really an ascending player for the for the Steelers and was was was. And they didn't, you know, they got him early in the the first wave of free agency, but I didn't feel like that contract was was too crazy or too out of line for the premium you have to play pay in general for unrestricted free agency. What did you what do you think of that move? Well, I like it. It kind of kind of takes them out of the corner market here, Jason, which leads you to believe when they're picking at six and twelve, yeah, right now they, it gives them a lot of flexibility. I mean, yes. You can throw a lot of names out there. Is Anthony Richardson in play in Detroit come draft time? Would they think about that in a, with a team that is run first oriented? Um, you know, and so that's a possibility. Would they think about 
the running back, you know, in this draft at six or 12, mm. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, and to complement what they have on the outside, which is elite right now and very good. And so they have a lot. It, it gives them a lot of flexibility with some of the young defense alignment that they have. Obviously, Aiden Hutchinson, James Houston, you know, um, some of the young linebackers that they drafted, which look to be pretty good. Corner seems to be a position. Um, and so it feels like it takes them out of that corner market and they it gives them a little more flexibility um, with some of the things that they can do in this draft. Well, wrap this thing up where we started it with with quarterbacks because Detroit is a team that I feel like I could make a compelling case for them to get Lamar Jackson. And I think selling high on Jared Goff right now would probably make some sense, right? We've seen that like okay, Garoppolo's still worth 35 a year. You know what I mean? Carr's still worth 35 a year. Um like so I I don't feel like like anybody would have sticker shock with Jared Goff at this point in his career, where that contract is, how well they run the ball, the scheme that Ben Johnson has, again, fast track, dome, all the speed around them, an offensive line that gets the job done. I, I don't know. I, I keep coming back to them. And then also New England. What, what is New Like, who is New England? Like, what are they? Who are they? Are they drafted, developed? Not really. They tried, they tried free agency big a couple years ago. Now they're trading John o. Smith for pennies on the dollar, right? And Hunter Henry never became a thing. And Jacoby Myers is a free agent again. I remember when he was supposed to save them as a deep threat. Like, Bill Belichick couldn't use Lamar Jackson right now? Yeah, well, I mean, if you believe some of the reports, maybe Mac Jones could have been had. Um, you know, yeah. and, and I'm not suggesting that that – uh, was going to happen or anything, but it was certainly floated out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you just they just look incomplete. They don't have an explosive offense. Um, you know, they have uh, hit free agency and they've missed in free agency tremendously um, for the most part. Uh, you know, outside of one player from Baltimore, but you know, for the most part, that that team doesn't scare anybody. No. No, nothing about that team scares you, and so you can play fundamental football. You can play all the style that Bill Belichick, you know, enjoys playing and how to win games. But um, they don't look like they scare anybody, the Jets, Dolphins, you know, Bills in that division right now. And so it doesn't look like they've done anything to put themselves in a, a more competitive spot the way the Dolphins just went and got, you know, Jalen Ramsey and to pair with Xavier Howard and some of the things that they're doing, like, you know, you just see some what teams are doing around them in that division. It always starts with your own division, which they've owned uh, up until the departure of Tom Brady. And you can't really say, do they have a, any kind of a plan about what they're doing? Because it didn't really make sense, Janu Smith and Hunter Henry, um, to, to see that free agent signing and the money they spent on those two players and then to see what they've done with those two players. Yeah, I, I just... If he does just want to run it old school and, like you say, big fundamentals and, you know, we'll be kind of brawny and we're going to old school zag when everybody else is new schooling zig and throwing it all over the place and, you know, deep passing game. Well, why would – who would fit that? Like, Lamar Jack, you want to win time of possession, go get Lamar. Like, that's what you really want to be. If that's who yeah. at your heart you are and you want to show the world, I don't need Tom Br- – I can win differently. I don't need to win with the greatest player in the history of this league. 
I don't know. Like, why are well, they not a mystery team? Well, so, I mean, really, to honest, honestly, and we kind of went in a lot of different directions here with free agent signings, what teams have done. But we started this whole thing with Lamar Jackson. I feel like we should wrap this up with Lamar Jackson because we made a case, a strong case for three teams in Detroit, New England, and Atlanta. And we can make case for three more teams. And the Jets. We said the Jets, the Jets should be Jets down there. In Miami. Like, you can make case that – Washington? Washington, for sure. I mean – could you pair anybody better with, you know, if Eric Bannamy wants to state his case to be a head coach in this league, um, that if you found, if he found Lamar Jackson and he created an offense around Lamar Jackson that took advantage of some of the weapons they have on the outside and everything that they want to do um, and, and what Ron Rivera wants to do and how he wants to win games, like we, you make case for six and probably a whole lot more, to be honest. Indianapolis? Well, didn't they just uh, hire Jalen Hurts' coach? Yep. Jalen Hurts' coordinator is now their head coach, is he not? It sure is. And that All offense of a sudden, is pretty good. Four don't that look offense is pretty good with Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia. If, if quarterbacks go one, two, three, four, that means Jim Irsay has got the last man standing, whoever that is, at the yep. at the best of three other people in front of him. Like, is that really what they tanked for? I thought they he's used to having one one. He didn't have one one. And one yeah. four does not look that good anymore. So I don't know. Uh, Lamar is the biggest name in free agency, and he's the biggest name in free agency. And uh, if tomorrow, you know, this um, legal tampering period ends um, and you can start talking, maybe we'll learn a whole lot more, Jason, about just how valuable uh, Lamar Jackson is to this league and to any team that wants to jump all in, maybe – the story really starts to un- unravel tomorrow uh, when it's legally um, allowed to begin negotiation. Yeah. Well, this is uncharted territory. We've never seen a situation like this with an MVP, 26-year-old quarterback, untethered, able to talk to teams like this. Um, we'll continue to obviously monitor and react to everything that's going on. We appreciate you guys tuning in, as always, to In the Huddle. Baldy and Carl will be back. In a couple days on Thursday, by then we may have at least a little more closure on Lamar Jackson. I'll be back uh, sprinkled in throughout the offseason as well. And stay tuned because, Baldy, you know it, brother. We've only just begun. Well, I'm just saying, like, as these stories pop up, Jason, this podcast, Carl Dukes, you, me, like, we're all going to be, like, popping up pretty regularly here as these stories unfold. Might be just one of us. Might be all three of us. Might be two of us. But – you know, in the huddle is here uh, to bring you breaking news throughout this offseason. Excellent. I look forward to seeing you down the line, partner. Again, thanks to everybody yep. for tuning in. And like Baldy said, don't don't blink. We'll be back. There's too much going on not to weigh in.